0: Welcome to the Ethos Podcast, where we chat about Web3 and how it applies to consumer brands. My name is Matias Marquez, and I'm the CEO of Ethos, a company that's on a mission to elevate engagement for brands and their customers through the use of digital assets. In this episode, I have the pleasure of chatting with Welly Scully, the SVP of Partnerships at Superlayer. Superlayer is a leading Web3 studio that builds and supports blockchain-based consumer products and applications. During our chat, we explore topics such as the rising importance of digital identities, how traditional brands can benefit from blockchain technology and capital allocation within the Web three ecosystem. I hope you enjoy. Let, let's dive right in. So, blockchain, Web three, NFTs. Um, how did you, how did you go from you know being a Harvard grad rowing to now uh, being very deep involved in this space?
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think it was a, a couple of things. So. So I I started working in the crypto space in 2013. I was working for one of the big, um, what's now called like a layer one um, organization. A a couple things got me into that. One at the time, I was working for a a consumer digital payments tech startup uh, called Boku, which was very active in like the mobile payments and especially social and mobile gaming space. Um, And I got a call from a recruiter who told me about the company and you know, the thing that really got me, in addition to like meeting the very smart people there, um, it reminded me of this this sci-fi book that I read a few years prior called uh, Cryptonomicon, um, a Neil Stevenson book. And just the punchline here, without giving too much away, talks about this borderless digital currency. I remember sitting in this interview and just thinking, "This is so cool." <laughs> just this this idea of um, you know talking to people working on something that you know I read literally in a, in a science fiction book. I uh, it just felt kind of too wild to be um, real, and especially having come from the payment space. It was uh, you know, an offer I couldn't refuse. So I was excited to start um, going from working with games companies and app stores to pretty quickly uh, uh, banks and central banks. It was fun.
0: Super cool. And you know what excites me about Ripple, and I was uh, somebody who bought Ripple early on, um, it just feels like there's a real use there, right? At least the way it was, it was positioned to me where obviously money needs to transfer and move around. And obviously it takes too long today. And if there's something that is, um, if there's an instrument that can exist that can deliver that transaction to happen faster, um, that's just a benefit to the world, right? Is, is that how you kind of initially saw it?
1: Yeah, you know, I, look, I think like the, the founders always had this vision of like a decentralized clearing and settlement protocol for all currencies. I, I thought that was, mm. that was really exciting. Um I think what, what we saw pretty pretty soon after I joined was that um, there was just a big segment of the planet that was just, you know, had a lack of access to financial services. And a lot of that was really just a function of the cost of provisioning those services. And we thought, you know, if we can empower the institutions that provide these services today to do so at a lower cost, well, that should just mean more access to everybody. So that was that was really the big motivator. I think as we dug into that more and more, we saw that there are a lot of really big, mature systems that were out there, but a lot of their users were still underserved. Those users, even mm-hmm. they're banks, and especially challengers. Um, so it's just like a classic, um, let's say as the world gets bigger, more people need to use more stuff. New entrants come in. Usually those new entrants are dissatisfied with the incumbent platforms. So it became a great opportunity to step in and provide a... Uh, you know, would turned out to be a, a more powerful alternative.
0: That's yeah, super cool. You know, we had um, one of the guys from Aqua now in and and on the on the on the podcast here, and he was explaining to me how much stable coins, like how important they are in like emerging and like you know, like you know, kind um, of call it, like emerging and like I want to say new, com- countries where I guess the financial systems aren't as like developed as they are are here. Developing, and, and, yeah, yeah, and, and sitting here in Vancouver. Um, on the West coast, you don't really realize and, and appreciate it to that degree. And then he was showing me like literally the transaction counts and you go, wow, that's, that's, that's amazing. Um, is that, that's probably similar for ripple, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely, it's definitely a problem that you see more and more outside of North America. Like you were saying outside of developed markets. Um, you do see it in developed markets where there are, are large immigrant populations. They have to send money back Mm -hmm. home. So, um, a lot of the same. Um, so yeah, I I think like, look, there, there are a lot of problems that we don't see living in U S and Canada, where there are very sophisticated payment systems. Um, there is cross-border activity, cross-border activity, but from a consumer level, just not as much. So. Once you step outside of these markets, once you go to Latin America, yeah. um, parts of Europe, you can see Europe experienced this problem so acutely that they literally had to adopt a new currency and, and overhaul all their local um, settlement platforms you know, for cash and securities. Uh, so it's sometimes it's sometimes just hard to, I think, appreciate um, how big of a problem, but also how big of an opportunity this is uh, if, if you're just focusing on... You know the bubble that is San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, so yeah, we took the chance to step
0: out. Yeah, put Vancouver in that, that bubble too. So yeah, I mean the idea of Western Union and like walking down the street and like handing cash and then waiting a couple days—it seems seems crazy. But but that's not where you are today. So 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 a great kind of like you know time at Ripple and where did that lead to and, and where are you now and, and what do you guys what are you guys doing?
1: Yeah yeah so. Um, between Ripple and now, i spent a bit of time in the in the private markets and the and the VC and LP world, a bit of time in the uh, institutional crypto capital markets, and I'm now um, at a venture studio called Superlayer. I we focus entirely on Web3 consumer. So background here: so Superlayer it was started by um, founders of a handful of um, very successful companies in crypto and Web2, a company called Rally, which is Became this um, kind of like a monetization platform for next generation creators. That spun out a, a social token protocol, first of its kind. A company called Forte, which is this enterprise facing blockchain gaming platform. Um, and then prior to that, one of the founders started a couple other companies uh, Gen G, major esports platform. Uh, and then Kabam, um, which was one of the pioneers and then the, the most successful social and mobile gaming developers, so alongside the, the likes of Zynga and Playdom. Um, and that's actually where, where we first intersected when I was in the uh, consumer payment space, with a lot with gaming companies, including Kabam. Um, but the idea here at, at Superlayer is, look, well, there's a problem with consumer in Web3 today, not with the consumer, but with consumer apps in Web3, where clearly there's just a, a dearth of apps that resonate with the mainstream audience. and. You know, while Coinbase has over 100 million users, Binance claimed recently they have 150 million users. There are a lot of people that are drawn into crypto, but, you know, people don't really get excited about, most people don't get excited just about day trading. People are more interested in, like, what is an app that I can play on my uh, on my phone? So the idea here is how do we build apps that can really leverage the best parts of crypto and Web3 in order to attract and engage uh, a more mainstream consumer audience and hopefully build some of the next uh, big franchises.
0: And, and Willie, how much of that do you think, like how much simplification needs to happen? Like, and I'm, I'm biased because, you know, I think there's like a paradigm shift that's kind of needed um, if we're gonna get to mass adoption. Like, I think that we have to start building these these applications and these these Web3 things for the 99.9 percent who don't know how to use this technology, rather than building this for the 0.1 percent that does, right? Um, so, so how much of kind of like your guys's vision is to like simplify things, or, or am I just wrong? And, and, and the, <laughs> the customer was going to get there, and they're going to have these crypto wallets and like have seed phrases and all that kind of stuff.
1: I think you're right. I think there's, I think there is a, there's a question of how ready is this technology? So, like you're saying, the seed phrases. So, how easy is it to onboard? Um, onto a crypto wallet. Uh, we do think that's vital. You know, we are, we are partnering with Rally Network Association, which looks after this social token protocol, which is building some great technology there. That's not really our focus. We're more focused on kind of the surface layer. So what does a consumer actually deal with? Um, uh, there are problems with like scalability. We're partnered with Polygon, Polygon, other companies, but Polygon has really made great visible strides in that direction. Um, but i think a key question is just why is someone going to stop playing or maybe play less of the game on their phone today that's mm-hmm. web 2 based and what's going to get them to start playing a game that's web 3 based or engage with any sort of app that's going to be more um, just more engaging than what they're doing today I, I think that's a key question and i think that has um a bit to do with technology you know the technology i think is just the table stakes will a user not use your app if it's not working. I think that's if it's unusable. I think that's, uh, you know, that's the first hurdle to get over. Um, but then the question is, what is the type of experience that you want to offer that user? And then who are those users that are ready to start using Web3 um, apps today um, versus 10 years from now?
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I think that's that's a key question that um, the industry really answered, needs to answer now. Like you were saying, there's 99.9 percent, which is underserved today, and then there's the 0.01 percent, which is arguably overserved today. How do you start ushering, you know, bits of this bucket into this one over here? Uh, that I think is the biggest question. Of web three right now.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's the key unlock, right? I mean, it's how do we get more people to adopt this technology without it being a burden for them, right? And it's um, it can't be onerous, right? Because those Web2 applications are not onerous at all, right? They're actually quite, quite seamless, right? Um, totally. Yeah. But hey, just kind of zooming out a little bit, um, you know, some would say, you know, you guys are like <laughs> coming from like, you know, the, the venture side, um, you know, the smart money. So, so why is the smart money here, right? Like, if, if the technology is, you know, difficult and, and early, um, why is there so much smart money here? And it's one of the questions I wanted to ask you, because I, I think, I think it's fair. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's a compliment, right? It's like, <laughs> why, is, <laughs> why, is the, why is the smart money here? And, 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 and where do you see uh, the opportunity?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I think it's just like you said about opportunity. So I think that there are, um, a number of people who really see a massive opportunity ahead for web three. So, um, Just think about Web2, the companies that were spawned during that era. So think about companies like, um, you know, obviously on the gaming side, because we're close to that, having some of the founders here, but companies like like Kabam, Playdom, Zynga, also much bigger platforms like uh, Facebook, Google, Mm -hmm. which really just were able to capture and leverage a lot of data, a lot of consumer data, and offer tools to brands to help them engage with those consumers and vice versa. And on the back of that, you now have multiple trillion, dollars, uh, trillion dollar companies that are generating hundreds of billions of dollars a year. Um, I think the argument is that look for web three in theory, there is gonna be a company that's able to surface, harness uh, this new type of data and let brands engage with consumers, let consumers match up with brands in a more effective way, and that that is massive. You can create a, a Google or a Facebook built on the, back yeah. of the next paradigm. I think that's that's going to get anybody excited.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm with you. So, getting a bunch of people onboarded will create this like plethora of data that um, will just drive so much value on top. Like like it'll just create so much value, um, and obviously for the companies that that, that do that, the, uh, they'll capture a lot of that value too. Um, I guess like I guess my next question would be like. Why gaming? Is it because of the background? Is it because of the Kabam relationship, or is it because gaming's maybe the first and, and maybe an easier on ramp um, to, to that call, like to, to that pool of data?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, I think it's a combination of those two. So um, obviously, given the experience, the skill set of the people over here, we've got a number of people who were at Kabam from day one, um, building a super layer, and also, yeah, if you if you look at I'm just reminded having been a you know a somewhat early adopter of uh, Facebook just kind of living through the arc of hey this is just yeah. for people at a handful of colleges to now I'm getting um, spammed <laughs> to play these games because I, I web 2 enabled this this kind of um, this viral dynamic right it just it really captured a lot of people brought a lot of people in all this was driven by games Um so I think, you know, look, history repeats itself. So I just expect something similar in Web 2. And that's, that's I think, consensus among um, many of the developers and investors in, uh, in Web 3 today. Um, I think another aspect of it is if you look at the progression of Web 1 to Web 3, you know, I think Web 1 was a lot about just think from a brand consumer perspective. A brand starts a website and posts information about its product. A consumer can come on and look at that information. Mm-hmm. Then you go to Web 2, and it's more interactive. So I think brands and consumers, again, through this lens, yeah. they can now communicate with one another. It's, it's just a more uh, uh, interactive paradigm. And if you look at Web 3, Web 3, it's extending that where it's not just the exchange of information, but the actual exchange of assets. So the asset would be like like an NFT. So what is what is a product that a consumer can get a purchase from a brand that that lives on the internet and that they can take with them. And I think this is really important when you think about just who are the types of people who really care about that. I, I think it's largely gonna be people who really put a lot of value in their online persona, on their mm-hmm. like internet identity. And I think for a lot of people. They hear that and it just falls flat. They think, you know, that's not me. I go on the internet when I have to. Maybe I check LinkedIn and email, I use to communicate with people. But it's not where I have an identity. That is not true for a lot of people. A lot of people, they, they do invest a lot into their online identity. And I, I say this coming back around to games because you look at um, games companies like, I like paying attention to Fortnite. Uh, yeah. I like paying attention to Roblox. And these are... Um, online games, online, um, you know, social platforms for those who aren't familiar, that generate the vast majority of their revenue from people buying skins or other stuff that they use effectively to kind of dress up uh, their online avatars, their online identities. For some people, that just doesn't raise at all. It just seems like a, you know, kind of a, a silly thing that people are going to grow out of. I haven't grown up with video games Um, And seeing how big that industry became, you know, starting with Nintendo and then just seeing, you know, esports become a serious thing. It's very easy to draw a line from today where people are playing Fortnite, Roblox, buying these goofy skins to them continuing to do that as they grow into adulthood. Speaking of like the younger players and, you know, this idea of like the online persona and Internet assets being increasingly a bigger part of their lives.
0: Love it. And, um, you know, so much to comment on, you know, it's, it's a funny side story, too, because I grew up in that same era, right? And, you know, for anybody who says that their digital identity doesn't matter or, or they just go online, uh, I bet you if you ask them how much time they spent with their Instagram profile, um, they would tell you something yeah. different. Right? I mean, like all that work you put into your Instagram profile is part of your digital identity. Right. The only difference here is like, you could, that could be turned off on you. You do can't take it with you anywhere. Right. Totally, and, then, totally. and then gamers get this right. Like I, I'm not even a big gamer, but you know, it's a funny, I'll share a funny story with you. Um, you know, I was big into Fortnite and it's like when it first came out. And um, I remember like trying to buy V box cause like a, 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 soccer Jersey skin for like Chile came out and like my parents are from Chile. So I'm like, I gotta get this skin. Right. And I tried to buy some V box and like, it didn't go through. And I'm like on the phone with like, The app store or like however i was like buying these things and the customer support was really nice and they go well don't worry we'll refund you the the money for the v bucks and i go that's not what i care about like (laughs) i'll I'll pay again right like i just i need this the the jersey right so um, that's huge
1: that's huge and i I think that's where you know crypto like crypto itself is not it's not the goal, not just to own crypto, but crypto can be like an enabling technology, like this case, right? If if it's hard to if it's hard to pay someone or hard for someone to accept payments with just traditional, you know, traditional Rails, this is where there are great opportunities for crypto. Again, really hard to see, I think, from San Francisco or Vancouver, where yeah. being an overserved market, right? Everything is just overly digitized. Um, you start stepping outside these markets, very, very different scenario. I think that's where. Crypto can again kind of increase access and leads to this this like uh, online marketplace.
0: Yeah, and I think the whether so it sounds like you know you guys are focused on bringing people into Web three, which 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 we're very supportive of because this is what we want to see too. I think it leads to a better digital e- digital ecosystem. It's more transparent, it's more fair, uh, it's more equitable. It just it's a better environment for everybody. Um, it sounds like the pathway you guys are, are, are pushing on is the gaming side, right? So maybe tell me if I got this right, but it sounds like if you can make the gaming experience into Web3 great and fun and enjoyable, then that'll be a good on-ramp for people. Is that, is that a fair kind of like summary? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and just to say, we're not, we're not focused exclusively on gaming. So gaming is a big part of what we're doing, but if you just take a step back and look at, you know, why gaming Yes, there are like these bits about how gaming did really drive a lot of um, uh, growth and engagement in Web 2. I think also a big part of it is, just like you were talking about with V-Bucks for, um, for Fortnite, you know, they there is already a virtual currency that's part of the experience. And a lot of the users are already habituated to dealing with this really like a, an online currency, this virtual yeah. currency. Um, and that's really not that far from crypto today. If you think about crypto, crypto is also an online currency. The difference is that uh, it's it's a lot more portable, right? It doesn't exist just within that game or within any particular venue, but you can really move it across a much bigger ecosystem or market. So I think part of our ethos at Superlayer is we're trying to just meet the market where it is today. Mm -hmm. We're not trying to get people to do anything that they're uncomfortable with. We're really trying to get as close to the familiar as possible but also giving people an opportunity to deal with this technology firsthand and see how much more powerful it can be versus the legacy technology. In this case, it would be like you know virtual currency for a game. We're also looking at um, legacy rewards platforms where you can earn points for doing certain things. You can earn cash back. And how can you uh, enhance that experience? How can you en- enhance that aspect of the platform by... Um, layering on crypto and Web3 technology. That, that's more our, our focus. And gaming happens to be one of the categories which fits very neatly there.
0: Love it. Love it. It, it makes sense. And I, I get it. And, and I, I love what you're doing because, I, again, I, I think the more people that get onboarded, um, the more it's just going to lead to a better call like digital ecosystem. I think you'll appreciate the, the angle we're taking, which is, is similar in many ways. So rather than, than um, focusing kind of like first and foremost on gaming our focus is helping consumer brands right we think that if you know we can get a lot of people into this great technology and we can help improve the overall digital ecosystem by getting people to enjoy this technology that follow consumer brands and i think that because of the portability because of like these great benefits that blockchain enables we can create really great experiences that drive customer engagement so imagine your favorite you know uh fashion retailer, your, fam- your, your your favorite shoe brand, issues a digital asset that you may not even know is like technically an NFT or even, you know, uh, or, or anything in this crypto world, but it gives you like a great virtual representation of the product. It gives you great benefits um, and, and and rewards you for for being a customer of theirs. That's another way to like get people into this ecosystem. I um, mean, that's the one we're, we're highly focused on. So, so I'm, I'm curious to, to your thoughts on more kind of traditional brands and and their pathway and 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 if it even makes sense from your perspective for them to jump onto this technology
1: yeah yeah i think look we we take the view that web 3 is inevitable in the future right it's just it's just a matter of you know how quickly and how much is is the market going to shift over to this this new paradigm so i think if if you believe that then this would be like trying to figure out your strategy for web 2. so i think at the at the outset, you know, Facebook, Twitter, um, these platforms seem kind of silly. <laughs> they, you know, they are kind of silly. If You think about people who are early adopters, um, the, you know, the, the the tenor of conversation uh, in the early days of these platforms is very different as, as they evolve. And I think Web3 is going to be the same. And I think just the question is, uh, can you use Web3 to address an audience that has already adopted it, and there, there are many clear examples of major consumer brands that have done exactly that. Basically, leverage this technology, partner with existing crypto native or Web3 native brands in order to sell into an audience that is already sitting there, that's, that's kind of looking for products like those. And then the other one is just um, potentially offering your existing customer base something that's enhanced, saying, look, if it's worked for this group over here, I think it's going to work for this group over here. And then there's the third bucket of, okay, what are new customers that are outside of Web3 that may become new customers to me and also uh, adopters, users of this technology? So to me, I think it's just a, uh, it's not a question of uh, of if, but when, um, and then just position yourself to <laughs> to kind of get in front of the opportunity when it does come here. So I'm, I'm a huge advocate.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree with everything you're saying. A question for you and just to get your thoughts on it, like, the existing crypto community, you know, using the existing kind of tools to get them to engage with the consumer brand. I mean, we've seen that, right? Like Board Ape did something with Adidas. Um, like that, that, that that's like works well because it's technology these people are, are, are familiar with. But I don't think you can just connect it to the other side of the adoption curve. I don't think you can just say, okay, now we're ready for the right side of the adoption curve. Do what these people did. Um, I, I really think that it, it it does require a paradigm shift into how we're gonna pr- provide this technology to the right side of the adoption curve. Um, do you see it that way or, or or is it just one of those things where eventually consumers will will learn and figure this stuff out?
1: Yeah, yeah i I, I think maybe it's it's somewhere in the middle, so just meaning um, I don't think that it's hard for me to believe in the future that everybody's going to own a Ape or CryptoPunk. Uh, I think that's, that's a, a product for a specific market. Yeah. Um, I think likewise, I, I don't think that the mass market version of these things are going to be so far apart from what exists today. I think, like, I just think about, again, thinking about, like, Facebook and Twitter early days, they really aren't that different from what they are today. It's a way to kind of connect with, other people that you know based on some sort of shared experience or background. Um, And then there's just a way to kind of exchange information more freely the the Facebook timeline or uh, uh, using WhatsApp or Instagram. They're all just kind of extensions of this this core concept. And I I think in Web3 and crypto, um, one of the kind of persistent themes that I've seen is just communities built around asset ownership. And CryptoPunks and Bored Apes are examples of exactly Mm -hmm. that. They just happen to be very small communities which have a lot of spending power. At least I think they still have a lot of spending power. Um but I I think I, you know, a, a key insight to me that that a friend in the space shared um or the way that he he positioned it was he said, look, I'm a member of this NFT community and I feel very close, very connected with people in this community. There is no chance I would have ever met them before. If not, we just happened to buy into this weird NFT collection. And I, I think that just, that seems like a very um, possible future where people aren't building friendships just on where they're from, where they live, where they went to school, who they work with. But it could just be, hey, who are the other people that own this thing? And then you, you kind of find a common purpose and you know, connect with one another based on that that happens today with consumer brands anyway right people have a a kind of like a shared view of the world Mm -hmm. shared values um based on these brands i think Web3 just takes that a step further and offers more opportunities and more tools for people to connect with one another um so it's it's like a bit of same same but different Mm -hmm. Uh, so not too far
0: from what it is today i'm like if you knew me more you'd know like i'm like big into analogies and you know when i was a kid uh i was in high school i had a jeep and um if you had a jeep, I got like reached out to, and like these people would meet up, and they all had jeeps, and then like right, and it was like jeep community, and and that was like very like in the physical world. I think what this block, like what blockchain and what NFTs and what crypto can create, is the digital equivalent of that, right? So it's like it, it's like why just it's like if I own a jeep. it'd be great to meet up with people at a parking lot but why not have a digital community i can go to and 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 i and and we may differ a little bit on on the pathway to getting there uh, but i think we agree on on the outcome and and what i mean by differ is i just think we have to like completely over index on making Mm. it simple Like, like like i don't think we can go wrong um by like like our platform we'd like literally just an email address boom, you're there, you're registered, the assets registered. Um, but regardless of, of, of the road to get there, uh, I do think uh, we both share the same view that the world's gonna be better if people adopt this technology um, and not better for big companies or better for like, you know, uh, Facebook or Instagram or just better for everybody, right? Like, like, and, and I think that's a, a very positive future to work towards. Is that, is, is that kind of how you guys see it? Is, is that part of like, what gets you excited about being in this, in this space?
1: Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're totally agreed. I, th- I think we are much closer on the, how do we get there not just um, what it looks like when we get there. Yeah. I, th- I totally agree with what you're saying. Um, yeah, I think for us, we're, we're really motivated by just having like a more inclusive kind of online market, online economy. We want to, we want to help people in developing markets get into this market, grow with it where, uh, previously, they may not have had the, the access or the opportunity to engage in, you know, e-commerce today. You know, one of the problems that um, I saw come up again and again when at um, when at Ripple, so I think at, at this time, this was like the, the rise of Airbnb, other major e-commerce, yeah. uh, global brands, marketplaces. And what we saw was a lot of people couldn't participate in these marketplaces wow. just because it, it was... The cost to receive a payment would eclipse the amount that they were going to get paid where it just wasn't worth it. They just couldn't interact. That is in a in a world where there is like you were saying, there's like this this physical world like the Jeep. You know, you've got a physical good, a lot of costs associated with that, um, that may make participation just push it down the road for a long time. but I think this idea of a future where just so much more of people's identities and lives are online—that becomes way more important to them. That is much more accessible, right? As long as you have an internet connection, you can participate in that. Um, and this idea of being able to put assets on the internet and transfer them, exchange them—I I think that's critical to not just letting people engage at a social level, but also at an economic level. That's a—that's a big part of what we're about. How do we build a a more kind of inclusive, uh, online marketplace.
0: It's, I love it. I love the way you, you, you explain that. Cause I, I completely agree with you. I think, um, it, I, you know there's so many like people who like are not optimistic about the future and I just think that there's a lot of uh, tailwinds actually I think the fact that people can work remotely I think that's a great tailwind to like a, a more prosperous and more productive uh, world I think AI is gonna' is gonna be a massive productivity boost I think things getting registered on the blockchain are just gonna give people more options and more like have, have more like just equity in the things that they're doing um, And I just, I'm just very optimistic. Um, and I I really appreciate, you know, um, folks like yourselves who are investing in this kind of new era of technology. And and I would say I I have more appreciation for sure now because it's gotten harder to do it. Like, you know, with interest rates up and with the sentiment lower, um, you're still out there and and, and I know you guys are still looking at opportunities and, and pushing it forward. So, um, maybe just like, uh, what um what has you still here? Like what has you uh, like kind of <laughs> pushing forward? In, in the, I mean, it's e- it's easy during the easy times, but during the harder times, what has you kind of pushing forward?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think I think just you know, like we we're talking about before we started, a um, lot of bad actors, a lot of bad actors, a lot of attention played to bad, paid to the bad actors, versus I think some some truly great innovation that's happening. I think we're seeing right now is just the, the market's washing out; it's getting cleaned up. So. You know, just from a, a market participant perspective, but also from market expectations. So it, it's no longer sufficient just to say, "Hey, I've got uh, the next X protocol, of this kind, but rebranded and you know, just just kind of doing more of the same, without creating real market value." Um, the expectation now, like you were saying, in a in a high interest rate environment where cash is expensive, just higher expectations for coming up with real business models. I, I think yeah. that's that's key to us. And it, it it feels like we're we're one of you know a handful of uh, organizations that are they're doing just that that are not just kind of I think shining through in a market where some of the bad actors have gotten washed out but actually innovating around um, not just consumer experience but how do you make sustainable business models here so I think we're, we're really excited about that um, and also I think it's just it's it's safe to say that the next wave of consumers that come into crypto, it's likely not gonna be through a Super Bowl ad that a crypto exchange puts up yeah. where, yeah, their first port of call is gonna be the equivalent of, a, of an E-Trade account. It's probably be more something like uh, the equivalent of getting an iPhone or downloading an iPhone app, much more entertainment, consumer oriented. And look, there could be plenty of trading in the back of that, just like Fortnite. It's a game, yeah. but there's a lot of money that runs through this platform um, I, I'm excited excited for that. More so that we're going to create a sufficient level of consumer value or business value where you can create real businesses and people show up and they, they stick around.
0: Love it. And, um, you know, I, I just like to add to that, what, what I think is, is going to be the, call it the, the killer use case or the killer app is, is when regular, like people who are not into this technology are engaging with it and not knowing that they're engaging with it. I think that's mm-hmm. going to be the 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 big the big kind of switch moment where they go wow like i got these benefits and i can transfer this and it's portable and it gives me these benefits and like all this stuff um and and then you know when they right click or they do like a a search on it they go oh it's it's because it's on the blockchain um that that's what i'm looking forward to um but i'll 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 leave you i don't want to take too much of your time i'll leave you with our with the last question that we always ask which, which which is our favorite question just because we're on a mission to help facilitate mass adoption um like short-term and even long-term, if you want, what are the next steps for us to get to call it mass adoption from, from your perspective?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think you said a big part of it, which is key, which is just simplify, just, just make, make web three uh, a technology to enhance an experience rather than add friction to an experience. So yeah, I think just making it dead simple is key. And I think the other part of it is, Um, just find out ways to use Web3 to make things fun. So I think uh, uh, historically, look, crypto has really served the um, crypto native developer, the crypto native trader, and that does exclude a lot of people. A lot of people just want to find something that's fun. You know, just something where they want to spend time, um, you know, whether they're waiting in line uh, 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 to get a sandwich um or you know, before go to bed, just just something that is intuitive, that's accessible, um, but also that's significantly better or su- you know sufficiently differentiated from what you find today. Um, uh, that's what we're excited to build or help other companies build along the way. Um, yeah, so I'm excited for that.
0: Well yeah, I uh, I love that and I think, it's going to have that answer is going to have more of an impact, at least to me, than, than you probably think it will. Because, you know, we're in this like, we, no, seriously, we're like so focused on making these digital assets full of benefits and, and like joy for, 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 for customers. And, you know, we see benefits as like free shipping, access to an extra product, you know, gated content, these types of things. Um, but I like what you said. Um, we also need to make these things fun. Um, so I'm, I'm going to push the team here to like, hey, let's make sure we're also having like we're having fun doing it. But let's make sure we like more Easter eggs, more fun stuff in the platform, um, because that, that is a, a real component. So that's that's literally one of the best answers. So, so thank you for that. <laughs> right,
1: I um, love it. Great.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Well, well, we'll leave it at that. And uh, one last is, hey, we appreciate we appreciate what you guys are doing. Um, it's one thing to be funding, um, you know, opportunities and projects and companies in a in a low interest high like sentiment environment it's a completely other to be like a fundamental believer and, and do and doing the work you're doing now so for for somebody who's again like not like we're not one of your portfolio companies or anything i'm just i'm just we just appreciate what you're doing from from the outside and um it's awesome so thanks for joining us well i really appreciate your your perspectives
1: likewise matthias yeah this is a lot of fun this is great um excited for you guys and uh, yeah excited for the future thanks again and thanks everybody for listening